0: Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Oh, yeah? How do you know? Prove it. Christ is risen. Prove it. These are the truncated words of one of Jesus' chosen disciples. And I imagine these words, or others like them, Have either passed through our lips, crossed our minds, or resonated in our own hearts. So today, as we take a closer look at this doubting disciple, I encourage you to be mindful of your own hesitations, of your own doubts about all things church and Christ related. I'm going to invite each of us now to turn to page 109 in your Pew Bibles. We're going to hold it together. 109 in the New Testament, we're looking at John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. And we're going to get a little bit of a closer look at what happened during this first Easter tide, Specifically, at the small but important role that Thomas has. So here we are on page 109. Chapter 20, verse 19. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the ducks. I'm sorry. We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, The disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were again shut, Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, get over here. Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The word of God for the people of God. In the three synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the twice-named apostle Thomas, also called Didymus, is relegated only to the lists of Jesus' disciples. He's known by name only, like a footnote in the story of our redemption, an asterisk that tells us there's information somewhere else. Thomas is just not all that relevant or present The most relevant data about him seems to be limited to his two different names, Thomas and Didymus, both of which mean that he was a twin. It is only in the Gospel of John that Thomas is allowed a few brief moments at the microphone, speaking only three times. The first is at the death of Lazarus. Jesus and the disciples had just learned that Lazarus has died. And then Jesus announces his intention of going back to Judea, a dangerous place where the people had just tried to stone him to death. Well, almost all of the other disciples began to push back against that plan. They didn't want to go back. They were worried that Jesus was going to be killed. They were worried that they, too, would be stoned and killed. They didn't want to go back to Judea. To see Lazarus and Mary and Martha, they thought they would die. Well, Jesus says he's going. Deal with it. Thomas pipes up for the first time and says to the other disciples, Let us go so that we may die with Jesus. It's very courageous of Thomas. Very brave to speak so boldly about risking his life so that he might stay close to Jesus. I mean, wow, what faith, what trust. The second time we hear Thomas's voice is during the Last Supper. Jesus has just washed their feet. Judas has run off to gather the soldiers. Peter has just been called out for being a future Christ denier. And Jesus is trying to pull everyone back together for this final chat and says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and also in me. There are many rooms in my Father's house. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I'm going to prepare this place for you, I'm going to come back and get you so we can be together forever. You know where I'm going. And Thomas says, I don't know where you're going. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And that's when Jesus says, I am the way. Truth life, etc." Apart from our scripture lesson this morning, that's all we have for Thomas. That's all there is. We can kind of assume that he's hanging around at all of the other major events because he's listed as being there, but that's all we're given on this great doubter, this non believer, this holy skeptic, and possible cynic. In our reading this morning, it starts on Easter evening. It's Sunday night. The body of the Lord is missing. John and Peter had gone running to the tomb that morning. They saw the rolled up linens. They didn't know about the resurrection. They thought someone had stolen his body. They left Mary just sobbing outside of the tomb and returned back to their own homes. They were terrified. They thought they were about to die, that they too would be rounded up, crucified or stoned. And so they were back in their house and the doors were locked. Easter morning and through most of the Easter evening for most of the disciples is not filled with ham biscuits, potato salad. It's filled with fear. And great uncertainty. It is only to Mary, only to the women, that Jesus had appeared that morning. And then for some reason, the other disciples didn't really believe them. So that evening, most of them are gathered together to discuss their next steps. Something weird was happening. Mary and the women are saying they saw Jesus. These two guys from Emmaus passed by, said they saw something too. But why hadn't Jesus appeared to John? Why didn't Jesus appear to Peter or to any of the remaining 11 disciples? They're hiding behind these locked doors and all of a sudden poof! It's Jesus. They lose their minds. Get him! Kill him! We're all going to die! Attack! Somebody got in the locked door! And Jesus goes, wait! Calm down! Back up James! It's me! Peace! Look! It's me! Jesus! Check it! It is only then that the disciples have their fears abated. It is only then that they recognize and worship the risen Lord. They didn't believe the women. They didn't believe Simon and Cleopas. They didn't even believe Jesus the first time around, and they didn't even believe him when he appeared behind the locked doors. They were all doubters, but it's Thomas who gets the title And perhaps he gets this special title because he was apparently the only one who missed the meeting. Y'all know how it is when you miss a church meeting around here. (laughs) Everyone else was gathered together except for Thomas. Where was Thomas? We don't know. He didn't get the memo. He didn't check his email and was left off of the text thread. He's been such a minor player so far that maybe... You know, we should refer to him as Thomas the Excluded, Thomas the Forgotten. Or maybe it's by choice. Maybe Thomas distances himself. Maybe Thomas withdraws from this group and misses crucial information due to his own inaction or own lack of participation. Either way, Thomas isn't buying it. Prove it, he says. You got to touch him, to see him. He even imparted the gift of the Holy Spirit onto you. Well, where's mine? Where's my vision, my gift? Haven't I put in my time, my efforts? Haven't I given up the same, if not more, to follow Christ? I was ready to die with him in Judea. But you, Peter, you denied him. The rest of you ran off and hid behind the doors. What's the benefit here to me? Why should I listen to you? Until Jesus appears to me, I will not believe. Now... There's a lot of inferences in my adaptation <laughs> that aren't explicitly written out. But I believe there are ample reasons as to why Thomas's response might have been one of selfishness, why he might be angry and jealous, and why he is choosing to resist this information. First, he's human. Those of us who claim that title know that we are all of those things. Second, he's a twin. Biblical twins have it kind of rough. There can often be conflict with twins. Jacob and Esau are a great example. Fighting for what's theirs. There's even a theory that Cain and Abel were twins. Genesis 4 says Eve became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. How much later? Nine minutes? Nine years? Adam and Eve had many sons and daughters, but Cain and Abel seemed to be the two oldest, and so some think they were twins just like Esau and Jacob. Where the elder twin was hated or despised, the younger one loved and encouraged. Maybe Thomas was the elder twin. Thirdly, we know the disciples, they're a hot mess. They had all kinds of brotherly pairings among them. They would often fight about which one of them would be the greatest. And so if Jesus had really come back from the dead and was bestowing heavenly power on people, making some of them greater, seemingly more powerful and more holy, then yeah, Thomas would surely have felt left out and be upset by this exclusion. And lastly... Resurrection is such an obscure, backwards, and upside-down concept that it simply boggles the mind. We can't compute it. We can't set it straight. And so it sets off issues with, like, confirmation biases and uh, just our beliefs and our understandings. Psychologists uh, call it cognitive immunization. And what that is is where our personal beliefs and understandings become impervious to facts and truth. Please note in verse 25, Thomas doesn't say, unless I put my finger in the mark and my hand to the side, I cannot believe. Thomas says, I will not believe. It is a choice, it is not a matter of ability, it is a matter of will. Thomas has chosen. And like the night at the end of the Indiana Jones movie, we find that he has chosen poorly. A week later, a whole week, the disciples were again in the house. Thomas is with them this time. And although the doors were shut and locked, Jesus still came and stood among them. Poof! Peace be with you, it's just me. And it should be apparent to everyone here that the resurrected Christ likes to make good use his ability to just apparate around creation crying by yourself in the morning poof here's jesus with a tissue walking down the road to emmaus shazam here's jesus surprise hiding behind locked doors split out that's why i love this picture <laughs> i love it split out check it look at this guy even to the right that is the i told you so face and pose if i've ever seen it Almost like a Las Vegas magician, Jesus is appearing to the disciples only to reveal that there is in fact nothing up his sleeves or hidden under his tunic other than the fully tangible, heart beating, lungs breathing body that they have always known and have been following around for the past three years. But here's what we really need to take note of. Verse 26. This whole scene with Thomas and the others, this is a week later. This is the Sunday after Easter. What's Jesus been doing for a whole week? What has Thomas endured during this time? They're still in hiding. They're all still afraid. Perhaps the other disciples are still trying to convince Thomas to reason him into believing, to provide some tangible proof that the physical body of Christ still walks this earth. And then suddenly, Jesus appears. Thomas, come over here. You're one of my friends, Thomas. You are one of my chosen disciples, so put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe, Thomas. You have believed because you have seen me, Thomas, but this is not a sustainable model. Do you remember our earlier conversations, Thomas? Do you remember our visit with Lazarus, Thomas? I told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you in my father's house, that I came from my father into the world, but I have to go back to my father and am leaving the world. I will be sending an advocate, the spirit of truth. Do you remember all that, Thomas? Today you have seen me, and so today you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen. Blessed are those who will not get to see, and yet still choose to believe. My message for you this morning is about choices. Because belief in the resurrected Lord is not something that just happens. It's not puberty. It's not losing all your baby teeth. It's not something that just happens to most people. It is a choice, it is a conscious decision that is made with and through a trusted community by using your head, your heart, and relying fully on the presence of the Holy Spirit to provide you with the confidence and the courage to lean into the future that God has promised. As Easter people, we have a hope that is born of the resurrection. And that hope is that God has already conquered sin and death that the kingdom of love, righteousness, peace, and justice is even to this very hour still breaking in. And to abide in this hope is to watch and pray for God's future and to join in the ministries through which it will be realized. So, First United Methodist Church, What will we choose? I'm like that Kermit the Frog meme. Thomas was a witness to the resurrection of Lazarus. He saw it. He was there when Jesus laid out the plans for salvation. And he heard the truth from the women and the men. The same people he entrusted with his life. And he still chose wrong. Thomas missed a week's worth of vital gatherings and found that the risen Lord had been appearing, moving, and acting without his knowledge. I dare say that if you miss a week's worth of church, you are going to return to find that things are not where you left them, that something new has happened. And you will find that there are some people who know about it and some people who don't. Honestly, I'm here almost every day. (laughs) And there's all kinds of stuff happening and going on in this church that I know absolutely nothing about. But I do know this. God is moving. God is working. And God is resurrecting things all the time. And I'm just trying not to let my humanity, my selfishness, my anger, jealousy or personal biases or preferences prevent me or you from leaning into the future that God has promised. And I encourage you to do the same. I believe that the Holy Spirit has indeed been gifted to members of this congregation And that the spirit of truth is moving, and that there are signs of resurrection breaking forth every week. But we, like Thomas, don't always get notified when Christ does something miraculous. It's not malicious, it's just something that happens, often due to mere circumstance or perhaps even through our own choices. But Christ clearly says that we are to rely on the testimony of others. Of those who say that they have seen God. That they felt the power of the Holy Spirit. And that they have experienced and witnessed something miraculous and holy. And if we choose to trust and believe our sisters and our brothers. Despite our own misgivings, apprehensions and doubts. Jesus says that we will be blessed. Friends, I want to be blessed. And I think you do too. But what kind of choices do we need to make first? Because there's not as much blessing going on as I think there could be. I'm concerned that there are some like Thomas who feel omitted and are walking around looking for receipts, for proof that God is moving. And I know that because from time to time, I'm one of them. But last week, on Easter Sunday, there are some among us who experienced and witnessed something holy and miraculous. Between four worship services that morning, we essentially doubled our regular weekly worship attendance. If you were here, it was like our church experienced a resurrection. It was filled with new life. But we often walk away from Easter Sunday thinking that worshiping like that is unusual. Just like the disciples after the raising of Lazarus, we move on from resurrection and we assume that that's just not something that God does every day. I think we should stop that. I think that every Sunday should be like Easter Sunday. And if we're not all actively working towards that goal, then we're essentially living just like Thomas during that whole week after Easter. Lost, confused, frustrated, scared, maybe angry, jealous, alone, isolated, and having stuff just pounded into us. My friends, we have recently witnessed resurrection and we are familiar with the story of our own salvation and there are many sisters and brothers who are waiting to share what they saw and experienced last week and so if we can muster up the courage to believe in the power of Jesus Christ to do it again and again and again and again we will Be blessed. As Easter people, we have a hope that is born of the resurrection. And that hope is that God has already conquered sin and death and that the kingdom of love, righteousness, peace, and justice is even to this very hour still breaking forth. To abide in this hope is to watch And pray for God's future. And to join in the ministries through which it will be realized. My prayer for all of us today is that we will choose to hope. We will choose to join in. And we will choose to believe. Amen.